Hi, it's DeWire, October 29th, 2023. This is part two of the post-fight Fury and Ganu video. In part one, we talked about a lot of things. Let's talk about the real fight here. Understand, as lovely as Nganu's left hook looked, he's right-handed. You could tell that by the punch pattern. The real game in this fight is when Fury starts leaning forward into the pocket, Nganu is trying to hit him with a chopping right hand. He's going for the knockout. He's trying to end the show. What I want people to realize is that after Nganu neutralizes Fury's jab, Fury himself is going for the home run. Right now, both guys keep missing the other by about two inches. Right? But make no mistake, Nganu's real game is to lead Fury into a chopping right hand. So let's talk about what happens, right? Neither guy gets the telling right-handed shot that they both wanted. You get to the ninth round, and folks, Nganu, after a brilliant eighth round, is out of gas. Understand, he loses the ability in the ninth round to keep Fury from backing out of the pocket. In other words, the back door out of the pocket is open. Also, Fury, out of necessity, by this point in the fight, realizes he cannot use his left to measure Nganu. In other words, Fury understands that rather than stick a left out and have Nganu knock it down and then get his own spacing and throw left hooks, Fury does something very smart because he is Tyson Fury, extremely talented. Fury backs away from the pocket and then just hints at throwing the left jab. Just hints at it. The ninth round, which looks like a decidedly Fury round, actually has very little action, right? It's Fury outside dancing, fainting, right? He does land more punches than Nganu, but not, but not that much more. The key, though, is one of possession. You understand that entering the ring, Tyson Fury is the man with the lineal heavyweight title. You understand that the other guy has to do something to take it from him. In rounds where Fury is able to back away from the pocket and move where he wants, in rounds where the punches cancel each other out, but Fury has the superior ring generalship, Fury gets those rounds. That's why this fight's so frustrating. Because Fury wins the fight based on a ninth and 10th round where not a lot of action takes place, where it's a possession situation. Had Nganu entered the ring with the lineal championship, an argument could be made, particularly if you look at the 10th round, that ties go to the champ. Here you have a situation where Nganu runs out of gas, 
after perhaps his best round of the fight. Right, folks? Nganu is hanging after the fifth round. Just food for thought. In the eighth round, in my opinion, he puts on a show. After perhaps his best round of the fight, sustained three minutes as opposed to a knockdown toward the latter part of the fight, right? After Ngannou's best round, he spent. You also notice, too, that while Ngannou could go southpaw, you notice that he doesn't have the leaping left hook, right? He doesn't have the ring coverage from the southpaw position. Now, Fury doesn't realize that during the fight, right? I'm guessing that when both of these guys sit down and look at film, they're going to see things they could have done that they did not know in the moment, right? Let me say, too, that Usyk, watching this fight, has a lot to consider. Understand, Usyk is a southpaw. So like Zhili Zhang, another southpaw, against Joseph Parker, understand that Fury's jab hand, his left, would line up with Usyk's non-dominant hand. Now, it seems to me that Tyson Fury's very athletic for a 6'9 guy, but he's not coordinated by the standards of someone who's smaller than him. Certainly, Nganu is at least the athlete that Tyson Fury is. I get the feeling Usyk would have the athletic edge against Tyson Fury, right? It seems to me, too, that both men, Usyk and Fury, have a problem with shots to the body. But understand, Tyson Fury is going to have to reach in the pocket to get to Fury's body, excuse me, Usyk's body. So Usyk should be able to keep his dominant hand free, which is different than Nganu in this fight, right? Usyk should be able to knock down the jab. That's very important when you're fighting Tyson Fury, right? Usyk should be able to have shots on Fury's body. With his dominant hand, body shots are paramount. And Usyk should realize that Fury has a habit of leaning into the pocket when he realizes that he can't fight you in the pocket, right? That you're more athleticism. Uh, you're more athletic than he is. You're faster handed than he is, right? Fury, let's just say, Put differently, Usyk's going to have an opportunity at power shots. He just has to be prepared to shorten the power more than Nganu did, right? Nganu, when Fury leaned forward and Nganu's throwing punches that narrowly miss Fury, Nganu should have changed the angle a little bit more and should have made the adjustment so that as he loaded up on the shot, he could actually have hit Fury. Had he hit Fury with his right hand, given that he knocked Fury down with his left, 
we'd be talking about Ngannou as the lineal heavyweight champion right now. Folks, this is a close fight that was not decided until the ninth and 10th rounds, and neither of the ninth or 10th rounds were that decisive. They're really inactivity rounds where Fury is able to use his legs to move away from Ngannou, who started to tire, right? I get the feeling had this fight been a 12-round fight, it actually would have helped Tyson Fury, right? Because Fury seemed to have more gas left in the tank to me at the end of the fight. But make no mistake, the lineal heavyweight championship hung in the balance at the end of the eighth round in a fight in which the challenger wanted action. The challenger is not waiting on Tyson Fury. The challenger is following Fury around the ring. The challenger was ambidextrous. The challenger is throwing home run shots. The challenger is deep enough in the pocket where he's landing hard jabs to Fury's body, right? Fury understood that in the pocket against a guy in his first boxing match, Fury did not have the decided advantage, right? Fury couldn't get the jab working with any regularity, and Ganu prioritized defense. He's a risk taker, but he has a hand up. And he's actively playing defense. He's not waiting for Fury's jab to hit his hand. He's actually moving his hand forward and knocking down Fury's jab. Right? Understand, too, that Nganu should have thrown more left hooks. Right? In the third round, he lands a beautiful left hook. Fury takes it. But you could tell the shot has power. The left hook, he lands high on Fury's head, right? And it's not behind the ear. It's right above the ear. The left hand, he ha he lands, you didn't get the feeling that he got maximum leverage on that shot. That shot could have ended the fight, right? So Fury was in a struggle here. There are going to be a lot of things said. I know Eddie Hearn's already saying Fury lost the fight. I know David Price is one of those people who believes Fury lost the fight. Um, I believe Fury won the fight, but he struggled to win it, right? And understand, the fight could have been very different. There are at least three occasions where Ngannou has a clear shot on Fury leaning into the pocket, but Ngannou just couldn't land the chopping right hand that he's trying to land, right? Let me just say this too. Understand how much this opens the door. Fury wants to fight for 10 more years. I believe he's going to have a tough time with Usyk. For me, Usyk's the betting side of that play, right? I'm expecting to get better than even money odds on Usyk, although I'll admit, after this fight, those odds are going to be more competitively priced. But I'm expecting Usyk to be faster than Fury. I'm expecting Usyk to know that he could knock down Fury's jab. I'm expecting Fury to realize that he can't measure Usyk, you know, leave the hand extended to get the lay of the land like he did 
Deontay Wilder. I'm expecting Usyk to go to Fury's body even more than Ngannou did. I'm expecting Fury to try to go to Usyk's body. Folks, it's hard when the guy you're fighting is shorter, knows you're going to try to go to the body, has a foot speed advantage on you, and can crouch and be low, right? Just think about trying to hit Canelo in the body or Mike Tyson in the body, right? That's a tough fight. But understand, you have a whole other group of guys. The punch of the weekend for me was Martin Bacoli's body shot against Carlos Tackham that started the end of the fight, right? Just understand you have a whole group of guys, and Bacoli goes into that fight weighing 299 pounds, right? Big man. You have a whole group of guys who can throw withering body shots from distance, right? Now you have the blueprint on film in multiple fights. Deontay Wilder going to Fury's body. Now Ngannou going to Fury's body, right? Those body shots brought Fury into the pocket where Ngannou was able to try to headhunt him, right? Food for thought. Let me also say too, Fury goes southpaw, Ngannou goes southpaw. If Fury looks on the tape and realizes that Ngannou, a righty, doesn't have ring coverage on a right hook, right? Folks, this is a chess match. Fury might stay left-handed, knowing that he has a safe harbor in the ring, right? Being far outside of Ngannou's right hook, right? If Ngannou matches him, southpaw, right? Let me also say, too, ring coverage might be an issue in general with Ngannou because we didn't see him land a lot of overhand rights, did we? Right? The knockdown punch is a left hook. Ngannou loads up and tries to land a chopping short right hand, right? He's not throwing long shots against an Anthony Joshua. Now understand, Joshua has a lot of ring coverage on that left hook. Joshua also has an overhand right. The key is that Derek James is going to have to get Joshua to take more chances, to use the tools Joshua has, right? A Joshua and Ganu fight is interesting because of Joshua's ring coverage with both hands. Right, so this opens up the heavyweight division also before the fight. Tyson Fury talked about the man he thought would be the next great heavyweight champion. He didn't name the guy I designate, the heir apparent, Philippe Ergovic, right? Who might be able to beat both of these guys, quite frankly, right? One man's opinion, right? One man's opinion. He didn't name Martin Bacoli. Right? And understand, Bacoli is a long-range hooker. Right? You'll be surprised. Just look at the spacing in the Tackum fight. That should be one of the takeaways from this weekend. No, he named big baby Jarrett Anderson, who he had a private sparring session with, and who, according to reports, did very well against Tyson Fury. 
right? Now, Big Baby is the guy who had a problem with Charles Martin. He had every conceivable advantage you can imagine, right? The fight was so much in Jared Anderson's backyard that his high school band led him into the ring, right? Talk about a hometown advantage. And, of course, you might recall Charles Martin, who took the fight on short notice, didn't have an opportunity for a full camp to prepare for Jared Anderson, right? Landed the most meaningful shots in that fight. Right? Don't get me wrong. Big Baby wins that fight, was the more energetic fighter, looked like the younger, fresher fighter. Right? But Charles Martin goes the distance against Big Baby. Right? Just understand that Big Baby is a guy who can throw power shots from distance. If Big Baby looks at this film and studies Tyson Fury, Big Baby, who's very two-handed, might realize that that left hook to the body and straight overhand rights might give Tyson Fury even more trouble. Let's just say this film for the boxers themselves is now going to be Exhibit A, right? In other words, you have a champion who's historical, right? Tyson Fury, as I make this video, is unbeaten. You and I know the one draw on his record is questionable, right? I'll agree. He blows it. He has himself to blame. You're up in the 12th round. What are you doing hanging around, of all people, Deontay Wilder? What are you doing even in the area code of Wilder's right hand, right? That's malpractice by Tyson Fury. That knockdown opened the door for the draw, right? If Fury loses that round 10-9, he still wins that fight. Right? He has himself to blame, but you and I know this is a guy who is unbeaten as we make this video. We're here talking about this Nganu fight where Fury finished stronger than Nganu. Let me be clear on that. Right, He finishes stronger than Nganu. But all I'm saying is you can't look at this film if you're a professional fighter. See the body shots. See the fact that being front foot heavy against uh, against Fury, right, um, actually allowed Nganu to be able to hit him with that left hook, right? Knocking down Fury's jab was able to neutralize a big weapon of Tyson Fury's, not allowing him to stick his hand out, right? Being prepared for Fury to go southpaw Right? There's no drop-off when Fury goes southpaw by Nganu, who himself goes southpaw. Right? All of those tactics benefited an opponent. When you're the heavyweight champ, when you're the lineal, let's face it, you have a target on your chest. To his future opposition, that target now has become closer. They think they have a better chance of hitting it. Right? The division, because of this fight in part has gotten a lot more interesting. There are a lot of threats to the title. That's how I see it. Let me say this too. Zhili Zhang. I'm just telling you folks, China has a number of cities that have more people than New York City. Right? Zhili Zhang had a fight that was watched by 60 million Chinese people on television. 60 million. There is a blockbuster fight out there. Now you saw Zhili Zhang 
in two Joe Joyce fights, come out and just, without looking, knock down Joe Joyce's jab, right? If Xili Zhang, a southpaw, power-hitting southpaw, guy who can hit you to the body, a guy who's two-handed like Nganu, if Xili Zhang can neutralize Tyson Fury's jab without looking, with his right hand, and if he gets off hard shots, hooks, with his dominant hand, not his offhand, like Ngadu, but with his dominant left hand, if he gets off hooks to Tyson Fury's head, does Fury even beat the count? Right? I don't know what the heavyweight division holds. I can tell you I'm taking Usyk against Tyson Fury, right, with a hedge of that fight going over, right, right now. That's my updated view on that fight, right? I'm telling you, Philippe Ergovic, who beat Gili Zhang, right? And I understand there's a crowd out there who will never believe that he did, right? Philippe Ergovic, who closed out strong like Fury did here. And I understand there's a crowd out there who believe Fury lost this fight, right? I'm just telling you Philippe Ergovic is competitive against both of these guys who I just saw fight, right? I'm just telling you, you have people with unique skills, like the last king of Scotland, Martin Bacoli out there that the public's not even looking at. How well publicized was that Bacoli tackle fight? Right? And I'm telling you, you have dangerous KG vets, right, who have to be looking at this and who have to think, look, if I just fight a certain way, I'm going to be in this fight. Right? Let's remember Martin Bacoli, who I'm pubbing here, lost to Michael Hunter right? Folks, Hunter looked good in several rounds against, believe it or not, Alexander Usyk, right? Don't limit yourself to what the press is thinking about. I'm just telling you there are several intriguing matchups right now in the heavyweight division. You just saw one of them where a guy in his first pro fight pushed Tyson Fury using tactics like knocking down his jab. Right? Expect to see more of that from a more educated, with more information, group of heavyweight contenders. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this YouTube video. In sum, Tyson Fury won the fight, but he struggled. Let me hear your take in the comment section. Thanks for stopping by.